This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Time now for a regular fortnightly korero with Tahu McKenzie, educator at the beautiful Orokanu Eco Sanctuary. Uh, Tahu, lovely to catch up with you on this misty morn, Morena. Oh, morena koutou, namahi aroha nui kia koutou. So great to be with you on this misty, mystery morning, Jeffrey. Thank you for having me. Moody, isn't it, on mornings like this? And, uh, and of course, we're entering into autumn and all that that brings with changes in the natural world. And no doubt um, we will catch up with you this morning on some of what's happening up at the Ego Sanctuary. Actually, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, of course, is that we know that this fantastic facility was established um, for our community back in uh, 2006 and necessarily from time to time you've got to review things, you've got to take uh, uh, a look at what's happening with the infrastructure at the place. There's a there's a big project plan regarding uh, the fencing. Yes, we're so grateful. So thanks to some grants and donations we've been able to work with the amazing Fulton Hogan and we are doing a massive fence upgrade to future-proof our fence of defence. And of course, we are some years into the 1,000-year restoration plan, but the fence has to last for 1,000 years, Jeffrey. So this upgrade is very important in order to keep our precious Tonga species safe from introduced predators. So it's a very exciting project. We are in the process of documenting this fence upgrade, and if everybody would like to keep their eyes peeled, on our Facebook and Instagram, we'll be putting some exciting documentation out very soon that shows all these valiant people doing their good works. The fence has done such a wonderful job, such a great job, that when there is an occasional breach, which you know is inevitable, I suppose, when you're trying to keep all those little eager predators out, <laughs> um, it makes big news. But, but generally speaking, it's been doing a great job, but you would expect over time for there to be changes to the landscape and, and, and risks that are identified. Yes, and particularly in the times that we live in, my darling, with all the climate change and everything else going on, we have to have a fence that is resilient against particularly large rain events, which we all know, Aughty Porty, Sun Eden, uh, can experience at times. Well, let's um, take a look inside the fence now. Um, all sorts of changes happening, uh, as there are year-round, I suppose. Um, tell us about your Easter orchid. Oh, yes. So if you haven't experienced the beauty of the Easter orchid flowering, it is something that I would highly recommend Times Infinity forever. I've now been at my heart's home, Orokunui Eco Sanctuary, for 13 years. And in that time, I've had a number of perfumiers from around the world visit me just to see the Easter orchid because it's the only orchid in the world that has a fragrance that as humans we enjoy and the beautiful, beautiful uh, Easter orchid row picker is now beginning to flower and as with many of our native orchids, it is a perching orchid so it has that kupu Māori pecker in its name, so the little perching beautiful orchid Um, and it loves to climb up rocks and trees and at the moment, the whole Easter Orchid track, even before you open the gate to the Easter Orchid track, you begin to smell this heavenly fragrance. So it's a very, very beautiful time to visit. And if you have a special someone, Jeffrey, 
and all the listeners, if you have a special someone that you'd like to really treat to a bit of a, a lovely walk, I would recommend the Easter Orchid Track. How about that for a brilliant tip? And if you've got uh, <laughs> if you've got some some romance on your mind, or otherwise, of course, because uh, I mean, who doesn't love walking through a beautiful flower garden or, and to take in the sights and smells of the natural world? Um, Karkas have been doing well this year at Tahu. Oh yes, I'm so glad. So I really love the kaka, and as you know, I had a dear friend kaka, Mr. Orto, who used to come down and and um, lick my nose and you know kiss my lips and um, put the oil from my hair on his feathers and all sort of thing. And he used to um, ride around on my shoulder, and he was wonderful. And he lived out uh, many years of his life at Orokano until unfortunately he passed away in 2014. But his wife is still going strong, and she. This year, after many, many years of being alone, as I talked to you about, Jeffrey, um, paired up with a mystery boyfriend slash long-term life partner and made a nest. And she's the oldest known kaka in the wild at 38 years old. So we're very proud of her. And uh, that's very exciting. And for the first time this year, our kaka population at Orokunu have around 50 wild kaka, which is very exciting. They have been using our new nest boxes. And we've been working with the Otago Polytechnic to make these nest boxes. And they're a new design. And previously, the kaka didn't like the wooden nest boxes, which we thought would be more natural. And they do things like burrow out the back of them, things like that, and, um, and only want to use trees, which I completely understand. But these new nest boxes, which are um, very obviously made by humans with plastic piping and uh, metal roofing and things like that, they just love. So, yes, we've had many successful nests this season. And if you hop over onto our Facebook page, you'll see some photos of our last carter chick who is to fledge this season, who's all gorgeous and fluffy and grey. So... Have a look on there, everybody. <laughs> a kiwi, uh, of course, uh, an important part of the project there. And uh, you have a new kiwi chick doing well at the Eco Sanctuary at the moment. Yes, so we just did a health check on her yesterday, Dharma. And she's very beautiful and she's done very well. She's now weighing 500 grams, which is excellent. So when she arrived with us, she was um, less than 400 grams. So she's put on 100 grams in just a couple of weeks so we're very proud of her and that means that she's taking her supplementary food that she's fed every day and evening by volunteers but also she's finding her own food which is a great step forward because when the baby kiwis arrive with us because they're the rarest kiwi the hastokweka they're actually taken as eggs from the wild from under their protective paternal unit and they're then hatched in a lab. And my cousin Eve, this used to be her job. And so when they come to Orokanui, they've never been outside. And it's their first time being exposed to the elements. And so we monitor them very closely with trail cams and we watch what they get up to. And it is hilarious. <laughs> but gradually they, they learn how to care for themselves. And, of course, they're absolutely gorgeous and tiny and fluffy, so you just want to cuddle them. Um, but we're not allowed to cuddle them, unfortunately, because they have to survive on their own on these predator-free islands um, in the Marlborough Sound. So 
once little Dana has put on another 700 grams and weighs 1.2 kilos, she will graduate from Kiwi Kohanga, Kiwi Kindergarten, and uh, she'll be ready to go. But, um, yes, she's doing very, very well, and that's good for us because it shows that the trust land where she lives, which is up the top part of the sanctuary with the takahe and all the various reptiles, is really full of food and is a good habitat for her, so it's really great to know. Oh, that's good news. Uh, You mentioned the takahe. How are those little babies doing? Oh, they're so good, and I've been really loving watching them grow up. Uh, they're now nearly six months old because they were the first to be born in New Zealand, so we're very proud of them. And they nearly have, one of them nearly has full adult coloration, who I think could be the female chick. And one is still getting that uh, full adult coloration, so still has a grey beak and some grey and blue feathers, so gorgeous, um, who I think might be a little boy. And we don't know yet. And, uh, they're just at the stage of the parents really encouraging them to feed themselves. And so there's been some hilarious interplay between the parents and the offspring of um, particularly the the baby who still has the younger coloration really not wanting to find their own food, which I can completely understand. And the parents trying to encourage the wee baby to find its own food. But not been very happy about it and coming in doing things like pulling the tail feathers of the parents <laughs> and so there's been tail feathers scattered about on the grasslands and um, I filmed some lovely interaction yesterday of the parents digging, still digging up bugs for the babies but digging the holes and then letting the babies themselves um, find the bugs so there's lots of learning happening for them at the moment so gorgeous. Word on the street is you might have some exciting news soon around the Takahe. Oh, yes. So everybody keep your eyes peeled, keep your ears peeled, keep your ears out. There is some exciting news coming about the Takahe, but I can't say any more. Oh, well, hopefully next time we catch up, you might be able to talk about it. We'll see. Um, <laughs> we've talked about the fauna. Um, the flora, too, interesting at this time of the year. I imagine the, the fungi are starting to t- kick into gear. Yes, it's so exciting. So at this time of year in the forest, you know, even though Autiporti Stuneden is getting chillier, there's actually a real lushness and beauty that comes into the forest at this time of year. It is a master year this year, hence multiple species reproducing everywhere, which is what we want. So the forest is full of the song of baby birds and baby birds themselves peeking out and saying hello. But a lot of the trees are actually fruiting at this time of year, which is what we want. So our beautiful lance was and kāpuka, the broadleaf, and the beautiful pōtāpōtāweta, the marble leaf, and the mahoi and a lot of the caprosma species, they're all fruiting. And some of that fruit we can eat. So the, the caprosma, they're in the coffee family, we can eat their yummy berries. The, the native fuchsia, the kōneni, we can enjoy their berries. And the birds, of course, are loving their berries. But as you say, those real fun guys, I had to do it, Jeffrey. Yes, you they had to. are popping up. <laughs> They're popping up to say hello, and this is one of my favourite scientific developments of the last several years, that we're really celebrating and understanding that mycorrhizal network now. And so throughout the forest, you'll see all these different colours, a whole rainbow of different fungi popping up and saying hello. And of course, we know now that the rest of the year, they're under the ground helping the trees communicate 
and share carbon and nitrogen and all sorts of things with each other. But when they pop up above the ground, it's for their own reproduction. And so it's a very exciting time of year to see them and photograph them. And I've been very lucky to be front desk Tahu because we've had a number of people coming in just to take pictures of the funky. And then I get to see all their pictures when they come back. <laughs> Gosh, so much going on. I mean, as there is all the time, but um, Tahu, you paint such a wonderful picture of the uh, Orokinui Eco Sanctuary. And one of our lucky Ori FM listeners is going to get the chance to uh, win a family pass. And why wouldn't you take up that that opportunity? And why wouldn't you choose uh, this time of year to, to visit Orokinui Eco Sanctuary? Of course, like uh, so many other organisations at this uh, at this time, um, you know, the, the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic have definitely been felt at the Eco Sanctuary, as they have been in many other places, of course. You have had to make some changes to opening hours to, um, to reduce those impacts. Yes, so we're now only open Saturday, Sunday, Monday from 9.30 to 4.30 and our beautiful Horapi Tor Cafe where I spend a lot of my money um, (laughs) on delicious delights is now just open from 11 till 2. So yes, we have had to make those changes to protect the, the... Obviously, the work that we do every day at Orokanui and uh, and make sure that that continues on into the future. We're so grateful for the support of the community, and really, every time you visit, every time you visit the cafe, the donations that people are making, getting an annual pass, getting a membership, all these things help so much to support that conservation work to continue. So we're just so grateful for the support of the community and the support of wonderful you and ORFM. Thank you for having me on the show and having me share my love of Orokunui with everybody. It really means a lot. Well, it is such a pleasure always to talk with you. Uh, and uh, listeners, yes, please get out there and support this uh, wonderful local enterprise, which has do- done so much for our community and continues to do so. And, uh, well, what better thing to do than to arrange a visit? If you haven't been out there for a while, uh, how about talking with uh, friends and family and getting a, a wee group together of all the things, safe things that you could do at the moment? I think a, a walk around in the beautiful, fresh air would be... Uh, um, probably right at the top of the list of great things to do. And so, yes, very shortly, uh, stick around, we will have an opportunity for you to win a family pass. If you want to support the um, Eco Sanctuary in other ways, of course, you can uh, just make a donation. You can visit the website for Orokinu Eco Sanctuary. You can hop online to their Facebook page. There's all sorts of updates about what's going on and the ways that you can support what uh, Tahu and the rest of the team there are doing. Now, Tahu, uh, we draw this conversation to a close but not without asking you once again to introduce (laughs) a a music selection for us oh you're very kind so I know that everybody in the whole universe loves the song so no surprise when I was thinking about my heart's home Orokanui Eco Sanctuary the most beautiful protected paradise in the most beautiful city in the whole universe Aughty Porty's Dunedin that I would choose this song because it really embodies my sense of deep gratitude to to have were manifested at this time in the most beautiful place and feel so at home. Yeah, it is a beautiful song. Uh, We're going to take Talking Heads with uh, This Must Be The Place or Naive Melody coming out your way very shortly. Tahu, look forward to catching up with you again in a fortnight. Thank you so much, Kakiti. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.